This episode begins with a tale of woe. <laughs> a tale of woe? Woe was you, or woe was me? <laughs> no, woe was me. <laughs> oh, well, so what happened? I think I may have alluded to this once or twice before, but sometime late last year, I desi- decided to get rid of Dropbox. Well, that was at my instigation. Oh, it was? So yes. it's your fault. My woe is your fault. <laughs> yes, it's my fault because I had heard, and it is true, the Dropbox among the data vendors is not the greatest at preserving your privacy. And I found out this out quite recently. And I should say uh, that I, within this last month, finally deleted my Dropbox account. And the last straw was when I went into Dropbox and discovered that I had, of course, probably some time back in the Stone Age, uh, when I had one of the earlier iPhones and I had Dropbox app on it, and I'm sure it asked for access to my contacts, or maybe it didn't Maybe it didn't even ask for access to my contacts, it just had access to my contacts, and uploaded them all to its servers, and I discovered that my entire contact list was in Dropbox. But only, it's not visible really you don't even know who they have you only know by like when you start searching for names so this was like a hidden contact list and I asked or I was asking if I could delete it and they said no Dropbox does not allow you to delete your contact list what it's an outrage yeah Um, it's very yeah it's such a classic example of all the ways data has been extracted without from us without our even knowing it. Yeah, or even with our consent, but not knowing what we're really consenting to. And so they're using that, of course, to create a social graph. Now, part of that is, you know, part of that is analytic uh, for their marketing. Part of it is they they may sell it to other vendors. Part of it is... I don't care what the reason is. It's wrong. There there are legitimate business reasons to do something, some, some, I don't know, interest in who's connecting to who if only for like fraud prevention you know internally these are very complex systems i understand there's a legitimate uh, analytical use for some of this and sometimes but it's much like uh, firebombing a vietnamese village in order to save it right and of course the 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 general principle which i learned from um uh I just want to say, it's actually nothing like that, but the analogy holds. I am not comparing the gravity of those two. No, but uh, it's an instance of what I learned from a friend of mine who's a a student, uh, a scholar of bureaucracy. (laughs) And his main conclusion after studying it for years was that people will record everything they can. (laughs) And as soon as it becomes possible to record something, they will. They don't even know. They don't know why. They just will do it. Right. And then someone else will figure out how to monetize it. Well, they don't even know that they're going to monetize it at the beginning. It just no, turns... no, that's the point. Is once it's there, once someone it's there. Will, else well, will come along. Well, we already have it, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So another institution I was and uh, involved with, I, I discovered that when you would sign up for um, a service they were offering online, it collected all this information, and then like the administrative staff sent me a spreadsheet with all this information to everybody who'd signed up for this product. It's completely irresponsible. Mm. Um, it was but it was all there, all the names, addresses, phone numbers. It didn't have their credit card number, but all the billing information was there. And why did they send it? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. anyway, let's say there's just not very good control of data when you put it out there on the internet. 
Very true. Very true. And I think a long time ago, Dropbox was one of the first. The right, first I the remember first, hearing yeah. of and the cloud. Well, and it works very well. I mean, it's a sophisticated system. It's good for sharing. Um, right. They do a lot of things well. They're very customer oriented and they make things very convenient for you, which is good. You know, right. it's fine. Okay. So back to my tale of woe, which yeah. apparently is Mr. Andre's fault right. entirely. So, so what I think happened, you can tell me if I'm reconstructing this correctly. I went into Dropbox right. and copied everything that was there right. made sure i had a copy on my hard drive of my computer right and then deleted them from dropbox and it goes into the trash but then after you have to wait for 30 days for things right. to be totally gone so i decided right. to wait till everything was totally gone before i closed down the account right so 30 days went by without my you know, and I was still, I would, okay. What turns out to have happened is one morning I was in Starbucks <laughs> and that does not reveal our location because Starbucks is everywhere. There's probably one in Antarctica as well. I'll just tell everyone we are not in Antarctica. Anyway, I was in Starbucks and I opened the file to work on and holy crap, what happened? This is, it wasn't there. There was nothing. There was nothing there. And I just went to, you know, to the open recent file. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So there. I called you in a panic. I raced home. And as I went along, I realized what must have happened is that my open recent opened the version that was still stored on Dropbox, not the version that was stored on my hard drive. So all the work that I had done on this project for the past 30 days was gone. Right. And of course, if you're not paying for Dropbox, once something is deleted and gone, it is gone forever. There's no way to retrieve it. We have 30 it. days. Yeah, well, yeah, but once the 30 days are up, right. it's just gone. It's just if, gone. If they have it, they're never going to find it for you. Right. I, of course, immediately went on the forums, and lots of other people have had this happen to them, too, and they're all just as screwed as I was. Right. So so it was a combination of a problem I mean, a problem of Dropbox, but also a problem of not simply knowing, simply not quite knowing how the software they were using was attaching itself to the file. So just to, just to clarify. It was my error. Right. It was a user error. So th this particular software, you did not have to open the the file explorer or the finder and find the file and open it. You were simply just using open recent. And so right. that had the original um, file path to where the file had been in your Dropbox. And so you had you had deleted it from, uh, you had moved them all over from Dropbox to another file system, but you had not yet pointed exactly your um your program at the new file location and since you didn't delete the old files it was not clear to you right away um well see here's the thing that made me understand why on an apple you can't open a file in the trash because it forces you to recognize it's in the trash and right. not work on it. Dropbox did not force me, didn't say, you can't open this file while it's in the trash of Dropbox. Right. Well, you actually, it wasn't in the trash. I think you decided to keep, somehow keep it open. And you think finally you decided. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. No, your files still must not have been deleted on your system from your Dropbox. Maybe. They, they couldn't have been deleted. I think you decided, well. Or maybe it, maybe I did close down the account, but it was remained active for 30 days. That might have been what it was. Yeah. And then, it, yeah. Something. Either way, right. Yeah, so. user error um, combined with um, the, the the system. Now, that could have been way worse. I consider it one of those like little car accident to wise you up so you don't have the big car accident. Mm. So That's you, also happened to me in my life. But you did lose a, a month 
an entire month of work on a project. I did, on, doing. but it was, well, let's just say it was on one specific project. It wasn't all my files that were gone well, forever. It, well, and it was one project that you worked on for a couple of days, a few hours a week, not like all day, every day for yeah, an entire month. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So maybe 10, 15 hours. And I, it was a creative project, so yes, I probably lost some lovely turns of phrase, but I, I didn't, it had happened so recently that I could reconstruct from my memory, and actually I'm pretty sure the second version was better than the first. It would have needed rewriting anyway. Still. Uh, panic. <clears throat> I remember the panic and your uh, outrage. And of course, yep. we, we have multiple layers of backups in place, but they all failed. Yeah. They all failed. Right. Oh, yeah. And there was something else. There was some other... And it turns out, like, the other cloud backup yeah, system yeah. we have was right. not syncing what was in the Dropbox right. folder on my desktop. Yeah, I think for, um, I can't, I don't know precisely why or if that's normally the case. Maybe because it had been deleted or there's something had happened that, um, that we have a cloud, a on, always running cloud backup service. Right. Um, and for some reason, the Dropbox was not being was backed never, up. Was and, never backed up. You know, we just started it running and it didn't occur to us there would be exclusions. So, yes, it was just like a massive failure in every direction. Right. Which brings us to today's topic, which is what kind of backups and how many. Yes. So in preparation yeah. for this, I came up with a list of all of my backups, and I know that you have strong opinions about even qualifying some of those as backups, but I'm just going to go through them, all right. and we'll see how many I have, what quality they are, if there's any major gaps, okay. and also what, of course, this has to do, especially with cloud-based ones, because that's where the privacy and potential extraction potential. Yes. leak is. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Okay, so first of all, I got rid of Dropbox completely at that point, um, which wasn't, you know, it's not entirely Dropbox's fault. Nevertheless, I was bitter. So I got Sync instead, which as far as I can tell is a Dropbox clone. Uh, it's not a clone. It's, it's, well, it, it is a, it's a cloud, uh, a, a cloud, I don't know what the real, uh, it's a cloud file storage system. Okay, you know what, it occurs to me, why don't you define what the cloud is? Because it's reminding me of my grandfather saying, where exactly is cyberspace? So what's the difference between cyberspace and the cloud for all the listeners out there who don't know what exactly what um, it means? Not for me, because I obviously do know exactly what it means. Uh, that's simply a word that was invented by tech entrepreneurs to describe uh huge vaults full of servers churning away and storing and and um, working with your data. So it's about as uncloudy as humanly possible. As so there are, as there are probably possible. clouds of CO2 and steam rising from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's in the desert, so it's fine. Uh, yeah, so cloud, cloud, they call it cloud computing. It's basically just non, it's processing and storage that is off-site in a data center. So it means it's not on your computer, right. but through the internet you access where it is stored. Right, it's in a it's in a data center that you're accessing through your internet connection. Right. And as opposed to the edge which is the edge is like what's at the edge of the internet, that's where your computer is the last stop. So that's what they call the edge. So things wow. that's edge computing versus cloud computing. I they, thought the edge was one of the singers in U2. You're so 20th century. <laughs> I am, probably. Okay, so Sync is cloud storage. Right, and Sync is a, it's a, it's cloud storage. It works like Dropbox in the sense that it's, it's a folder on your computer. Right? In anything in that folder or anything associated with that 
service will be um, mirrored. So it mirrors between your computer and the folder on in in the cloud on their servers. So you and, have it on your computer, right, just like and Drop, you have right, it. Just in, this in is the, the same between Dropbox right. and 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 um, uh, Microsoft uh, I, iCloud is the same, and uh, Microsoft whatever they call it mm. um, Box. There, there's a there's a gazillion, gazillion different different um, servers that offer this. Sync was recommended by a book that I got um, called the. Guide to Digital Resilience, and he recommended it simply as a as a the easiest to use end to end encrypted oh, right. file um, storage uh, or cloud storage solution. Right. So, so that's why we started using it. Now I remember because right. you said for privacy concerns, it's end to end encrypted. Right. So Dropbox <clears throat> has in order to offer the services they they do, they hold the keys to your files, which means that. Um, someone inside the Dropbox organization could, if they were given permission, see the content of your files. Mm -hmm. um, Sync works in such a way that that is not possible. Uh, you, uh, the, the files reside uh, uh, on your device. They're created on your device. Um, and um, so Sync can't be, nobody there has access to those. Now, they have a lot of metadata because they need to be able to sync it. They need to, there's some amount of information they need to know. They need to know its size. They obviously have a hash of it. They know what the... But the literal contents they don't have access to. Right. Which also so, means they can't help you if you, something goes wrong. Uh, to a lesser degree, that yeah. is correct. Right. So anyway, we, we moved to this uh, upon some recommendation. I have no problems with sync. It's been working very we well. we pay for it? We, uh, we, we we just use the lowest tier so far. I would consider it. It's it's very well done, and it works very well. Right. So what I do now is files that I'm working on on my computer that I want to have an immediate daily cloud, instantaneous cloud right. backup. Right. Things that uh, like that, that I, I need that for, rather than things kind of I'm storing long-term and I can use less frequent backups and be relatively assured. So that's right. what I store there. So right. it's on my computer right. as well as in the cloud, right. in so sync. I, but I you would, told me... Yeah, yeah that, I would not consider that to be a backup. Now, I guess in some, it's kind of half of a backup. <laughs> but the reason why it's not idea. really a backup, um, it it's half of a backup because... Um, with a free plan, probably not much of a backup at all because um, usually if you're paying for it, they'll have a file history. So they'll keep copies, old copies of a file for a certain amount of time. Now, if you use Google Documents, you can do this as well. They'll keep copies of a file back to a certain period. Now, if you have the free service, it's a shorter period because, of course, every copy of it requires more space. But the way these systems work is they only save the changes to a file. They don't save the whole file. And so they keep copies back to a certain amount of time. So it's a kind of a backup, mm -hmm. but not really because, for example, if you delete a file from your sync folder or your Dropbox folder or your um, Microsoft uh, folder or your um, your iCloud folder, it is deleted from their servers too. Mm -hmm. So that's which means if you if your computer say is infected, mm -hmm. um, those files are being immediately um, backed up right away. Uh, and older copies of them are not necessarily being kept. Now they're usually back to a certain amount. They are, but you need, but that really depends upon the service, and it depends upon um, how much you're paying for it, um, and um, how it does its backups as well. So right. there's also probably a slight philosophical difference here between us, because I know you like to have every single version of every single thing you do, whereas I like to shed as I go. 
Right. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I'm a data hoarder. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> better uh, than a stuff hoarder. <laughs> yeah. Better than a stuff hoarder. Well, I don't know. It's. A, it's. It, it's definitely clutters my brain to some degree. But anyway. So. So these something like a Dropbox or a Sync or your iCloud or your. Um. I got to know what. What's the Microsoft one called? Box. I don't know. Some name. I just saw it the other day. I can't remember. Yeah, I think we're it's, we're offered it through our work software, but I don't use it at all. Right, but uh, Sharp, no, that's different. It doesn't matter. People know. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, but those are not properly a backup. They're kind of half a backup if you know what you're doing for emergency situations, but it should not be considered a backup. Okay, so it's it's just sort of like a daily update. It's convenient. So you yeah. can use it between devices in different places. You don't have to carry your computer, say, to work. You could share a right. folder, or you can right. have the same folder accessible on your phone or on your right. tablet or whatever. Though I don't actually do that. Okay, so then what I also have is a uh, this program called Time Machine, right. which uses an external drive that I just keep in my office. And every so often, basically whenever I think of it, <laughs> I plug it in and run a backup. And you can exclude things that you don't need backed up, like I don't back up um, movies or music on that. It's just my data files. Right. And um, yeah, so I just plug that in. It, it takes a, a couple hours usually. Well, that's because um, you must not do it very often. That's probably true. Yeah. So that's probably yeah. Not as often that that as you that would is like. a legitimate backup. Right. So and it's a physical backup. It's not a cloud backup. Right. Well, a cloud backup is a physical backup. Okay. It's a physical backup in my home. Yes. That on, I can it's an, access on, with a mechanical device. Yeah, it's an on-site. Than, you call it on-site backup. Okay. Right. It doesn't require the internet to work. No. Right. Right. It's an on-site backup, and that is an obviously time machine. Um, that's a Mac computer. Um, they offer the software, and if you have a Mac, or even if you have, if you have Windows too, they offer a similar service. Um, this is something that all of you should be doing. It's dead easy. You plug in, and you get one drive that's bigger than your computer's drive. Uh, I think mine is fifty gigs. No. Yeah, it says it's fifty gigs. No, it's much bigger than fifty gigs. It's five hundred or a thousand gigabytes. Maybe it's five hundred gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just looking at it, I thought it said it was fifty a fifty gig backup. No, no, the the, the drive is a it's at least a five hundred gigabyte drive. Really, that little that one? I know little has nothing to do with it. Okay, all right, never mind. So moving right along, <laughs> how often for best practice would this be daily or weekly, yeah, probably with monthly? with the time machine. There's no reason not to do it as often as you want to. Um, you, well, I know I, some people, for example, if you have some people have it just connected to their network, and as soon as they're on their network, it can back up. Or if you connect it once a day, once a day is fine, or once a week. Um, probably not. Basically, if you have a computer disaster, that is your first line of defense. I okay. mean, that like that that will be able to restore your whole system. So, I think with the time machine, probably like once a week is it would be um, would be good. So right. that's your whole system, and it's not just your files, but it's your system. So with the way the time machine works, if your computer goes kaput, you have to buy a totally new computer, mm. you can simply plug in the time machine to your new computer and it will restore it to the identical state it was when you backed it up. Right. And but, at some point I'm going to be upgrading to a new computer. So you said I can use that and just you, instantly You could simply, you transfer. just plug it in and say, update my computer. Now, you may or may not want to do it that way, but that is a very convenient and probably for most people the easiest way to do it. So that is a very complete on-site backup and should be done for most people, you know, at least once a week or if not every day. Like not once every two or three months, which is about how often I remember. 
No, you should put it on your calendar and do it at the same time every week. Okay. At the end, probably at the end of the working week would make sense. Just okay. plug it in at the end of the day on Friday and just let it go. Or okay. every day, whenever. Okay. Now, in addition to that, we have several other external hard drives right. we use. Right. And this I use more, I, I suppose it's a backup, but I think of it more as storage. It's how it's functioning. So I have one hard drive I use for all my audio files for this podcast, for my other podcast, for my audiobooks. So they all are just in one place backed up there. It's not the only place I have them, but that's a physical location, right. not uh, on site, not right. my computer right. where I keep them. So are those files backed up? No. Well, except for where they are uploaded to the internet. So I I guess I'm functionally considering the sites where my audiobooks and my podcasts live online to also be backups. So you All right. So they they do exist in one place online as so you could in you could download them at, at Okay, any so point. like the podcasts are stored on the hosting sites. Right. And the audiobooks are in at least two different locations um one is the distribution service I use, Find Away Voices, mm-hmm. and the other is PayHip, where I sell direct. Right. Okay. So right. so they so they do exist in some form. So those I would those are kind of a backup, but it's not really a backup because mm-hmm. a backup is a backup of the original storage. So those are they're copies of them, but it's not really a backup. Okay. So what would you say would be the the backup for the audio files specifically. What would it be take a to have the if you use them as external storage, then that storage also needs to be backed up somewhere. Okay, I feel like this is like an infinite regress problem. So let's get to that at the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. But- then we have I have another <laughs> external hard drive that I plug in. Mm. Um, this is password protected. And it basically keeps confidential things that I do not want the internet ever to have access to. Now, I don't know if that's technically true if when I plug it in and, you know, put something on it or type something into it um, when my internet is on, if that is a, a breach or not. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that this is this is where I store things that I, um, I, I just use it for storage of like when I'm transferring movies or something. But the main purpose of it is to have keep confidential files that I do not want the internet to have access to in any usual sort of way. Okay, this is the first I've heard of this. No, it isn't. I've talked to you about this before. Anyway, does that is that drive backed up? That drive is not backed up any other place because the whole point of it is to not have access okay, to it so anywhere that, else. So that, so that is not, so that is probably, that is definitely a, then a weak See, last time I mentioned this to you is when you were like, we need to talk about your backups, and that's why we're doing this episode. Because that is not a back. It's, it's, it's only if there's only one copy of something that is not a back. There's no backup. Okay. All right. So that is just a storage location, not right. without access to. So the if that internet. drive got corrupted, which is very feasible for any piece of elect- electronics right. work, it could just one day not work, which happened to me a few years ago with one of my hard drives. It just I plugged it in, and the hard drive was like kaput, nothing okay. nothing to do. All right, so when we get back to the backups of backups, right. we'll get to that. Okay. Well, that's not a backup. Okay, yes, okay, okay. Backups of all storage, as well as backups right. of backups. Right. King of kings and lord of lords. <laughs> and then we have a housewide external drive that is networked in, and that's where we keep like all of our movie files because they're huge, music files because they're huge, and occasionally we just stash other things on there. Right. I am I allowed to say for backup? I'm not quite sure. 
No, it's not. Okay. No, if there's no copy of it, it's not a backup. Okay, so it's just another physical drive. It, that in is our a network. That's a network drive that we use basically as a media streaming server, like for to stream our own the the media that we own. Okay, all right. So we'll come back to backing up. But that has no backup storage. All right. Well, you, that you're responsible for that, not me. So you can't yes. pin that one on me. Okay, we're almost to the end here. <laughs> now, in addition to those are the physical ones. And then I have two, or sorry, I, I should say there is a, a, another physical thing is every so often I just print things off on paper and I have them take you to your office because your office seems to be more insulated from likely calamity by fire than our house is. Fair enough. Right. So you have a few printed out It is out built there. of uh, cement rather than um, flammable wood. Right. Exactly. And we have more than once discussed the fact that actually things written down on physical paper or papyrus or parchment have lasted low these many centuries, whereas no one has any idea how long any kind of digital artifact is going to keep working. So if there are things that are really, really, really precious to you, probably a print version is a good yeah, idea. Yeah, a print version is it's very robust to technological, technological snafus and change. Right. And then the last two internet or cloud-based backups or storage, not sure storage, what to call them. Call them the storage. Okay. So um, I've mentioned before I have a free Google account as well as a paid Google account. I keep low-consequence items in the free Google account, um, like recipes <laughs> that I want to keep track of or ebooks that I got for free. And if I lose them, I don't don't really care that much. And then in my paid Google account, I keep things related to work that I, and those are often duplicates of things that I have like on my computer or in my sync folder, things that I want to make sure that I have a second copy of somewhere. Often before I travel, I'll copy, you know, put into their updates of what I've been working on. So I think maybe that counts as a backup. Uh, it's not well. It's a sort of. It's a kind of haphazard one. It is a haphazard one. I will because right, like that. what what's there and what's not there. It's not, it's not. Um, if it's not clear what any particular version of any of those things is doing and why it is there. Right. So, so yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't really. That's not a backup. It's kind of a backup, but it's not really a backup. It's a spot backup for specific things. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I understand that. Like for example, I I'm working on a collaborative project with a colleague. Uh, we use um, a, a paid. A Google uh, workspace to do that. Um, and uh, when we're done editing uh, every day or every week, um, we're working on the same file. I download a copy of that um, to my computer and just store that. I just have a folder that's full of full of downloaded copies. Should, should anything happen to that, I have I have a record. Um, and that's that's a very high stakes. We've been working on it for years. It's a you know, it's a book length project. So um, I like to have a backup of that on my computer. And that is all right. There's one. There's one more you haven't talked about. Though. Yes, and the, so the last one is this program called Backblaze. Actually, right. I don't really know anything about it. I just have it on there because you told me to put it on there. So you right. should explain what it is. Uh, Backblaze is one of a number of solutions. Um, I'm not sure if we'll keep using this or not. We may not. Um, that um, sell themselves mostly to enterprises to back up, uh, to do a, a, a constant backup of machines. So I have it on my computer. Um, Zara has it on her computer and at every moment, anytime a file changes or at every five minutes or at some regular frequent interval, it will back up the entire system. Now, it keeps track of which files are changing, so it only it only backs up um, files that have changed. And it also has a list of exclusions 
Uh, so it doesn't back up hidden files, I don't think. It doesn't back up system certain system files that are changing all the time, memory caches. There's, there, there's doesn't there, back up Dropbox unless you tell it to. I, I guess it wasn't dropping up, uh, backing up uh, Dropbox um, for whatever reason or another. So um, this is this is a legitimate backup system. I would say this is a that is a real backup. Okay. Um, but one that failed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, right. Well, and I, obviously after that, I went back and made sure that it was backing up everything that I wanted it to. Including backup. the sync folder. Right. Now this is a paid service that we have right. through your family, right? right. Yes, my yes. Uh, yes, my my, my uh, dad, who I mentioned, is an entrepreneur. He has a business, and he he has a plan uh, that he's just simply put us put us on that plan. Right. And what is the privacy status? Um, like that it, yeah, good question. Um, Backblaze. Um, uh, they are an enterprise uh, service, so they do offer pretty good privacy protection. I mean, they're not selling your data because that would be anathema to their customer base. However, I do believe in the ca- in their case that um, they do own the keys. Mm-hmm. So um, the data that is being back to them, uh, were they to be subpoenaed to get a copy of it, I believe <laughs> that they would be able to turn over uh, a fair copy of that data. So it's not... Uh, something if you do I, have, I think for us again, the concern is more if they're hacked or we're hacked. If they're hacked, yeah, if they're hacked, potentially it could be a problem. I think this is a criticism I've seen laid against Backblaze um, as a solution, and they've been bought out by somebody else who may or may not be as transparent as they are. I don't know. They, they, my dad talked to me about this, uh, so I would say it's not an ideal solution, mm-hmm. um, but it's one uh, for the moment that is. Um, that I think we need to uh, manage. Now, it, it's difficult to do end-to-end encryption with backups um, because the way backups function is um, most of them are not sending a full copy of every file every time you change it. They simply... Because it's what they do is they send only the changes. Now, if you're encrypting a file, one bit change is going to change the entire hash and so it looks right. like the whole thing is 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 um uh changed and so that there are performance real performance issues with that kind of backup system and end to end encryption that are legitimate and so th- um I don't know what the technical solutions or options are for that but I know that that's that is an issue with backup systems okay um there probably are fully um uh, encrypted online um solutions that are possible um uh, but yeah, that that is a real that is a real backup. Okay, so it looks like after discussing this that I have my time machine backup based on the physical external right. drive that backs up everything that is on my physical computer. Right. So that's an actual backup. That's an actual. And backup. then we have Backblaze running, and that's, right. that's an, actual an actual backup. backup. I have the encrypted external drive that there's no backup for right. so we need to figure out a solution for that right. and possibly one we will not discuss for broadcasting here <laughs> and then you mentioned that our our household networked drive also has no backup right so given all these things what do you think i should do and we should do um, well, where, I, where's the concern, and what's what's? I, I've been going through my various the locations of all of my online um, and offline data as well, and they're kind of all over the place, and it's a little it's chaotic, mm. uh, to say the least. Um, I think we need to work together, talk together, and, and figure out some more um, coherent solution. So clearly, uh, um, 
the non-backed up drive that you have needs to be backed up, um, especially if there's no copies of that information. Now, the easiest thing to do would simply be use, use Time Machine. Now, you can use Time Machine with external drives if you tell it to, to do that. So we could maybe work to see how to do, how to do that. We, can also, we could also um, uh, get a different online storage um, or backup solution um, for all of our systems, and they could all be using the same one. Um, mm -hmm. But we need to have a better plan, and that's something I'm not even <laughs> – before we go through and – simulate our data architecture it's a little like trying to get a hold of our family finances you know it's <laughs> it's a it's it's much more complex than it actually right. um, seems or maybe should be or needs to be um yeah so right. that's one thing but, well and i think like the the two poles of concern are if you have physical backups in your home right they're vulnerable to fire right. or leaky roof or theft that seems unlikely but it's a possibility right. so that's you know, that, that's why people, I think, migrated away from physical solutions right. to the cloud. The problem with the cloud is the privacy breaching potential there. Right. Or if you have everything encrypted, then like you said, the size of your storage multiplies right. very rapidly. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I'm sure there are end-to-end -end encrypted backup services, but they, they're going to they're gonna need to do creative things to be able to do that, like mm -hmm. um, you know, break your files up into smaller chunks and whatnot, which... Oh, um, right. Anyway, I'm sure that those are there, and we can maybe investigate those. Um, I think uh, we, you mentioned um, the cloud being off-site, um, which leads me to a rule uh, that is used among data preservation and recovery specialists that is a very, very simple rule that everybody should can easily memorize, which is the 3 two, one rule. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, the 3, uh, the three one rule for any of your data uh, is that there should be three copies of your data. Mm. So three, and that uh, three that copies. both physical and digital? Well, three copies. This is, this is only digital. This, is, this has okay. to do with your, your, the hard drive, just at, for simplicity's sake, the hard drive on your computer. That is copy number one. Okay. Okay, so this, there should be three copies of it. So you need to have two backups. Let's say three instances of it. Three instances, right? Okay. Three versions, not versions. Three. Three instances. Three instances of any particular piece of data. So, for example, on your on your laptop, mm -hmm. that would be instance, instance one. number one. Then you need two backups. Mm -hmm. So, instance number two would be your uh, your um, time machine backup. The external drive. The external that drive. Okay. That would be instance number two, right? Okay. Right. And the third, and this is that's the three copies. So two. Um, means two. No, wait, 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 what's what's the third? The third copy would be um, um, like backblaze? backblaze, right? Okay, that's the third. So copy. for most everything, I actually do have you do have three instances, right? For most of it, okay. there's just the, the bits around the edges, like the audio files and um, whatnot. So part of that is because you know hard drives are tiny, and we've had to upgrade and haven't haven't upgraded. Uh, there's right, some right. complications there. Okay. So three copies. So you three copies. You've got that okay. for your main stuff. Okay. Right. The second rule, two, three, two. Right. Two is two different formats. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, this was um, first pioneered by a guy who was a digital photographer. So, for example, he he was worried about there being, um, you know, if 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 a electronic form was uh, a hard drive was compromised, um, if you had two copies but both of them were on hard drives. 
and maybe there was an event like a electrical storm that destroyed both hard drives mm-hmm. you know you would have um you want to have something that's not a hard drive you want to have digital so in his case this particular guy this is 20 years ago already he said he said, said you should back up to like a cd or dvd oh so uh, it's still digital but not a, it's a still digital but digital. so but it's not like there's nothing there's no electronic parts in a dvd so you right. back back it up to a dvd and then he was talking about photos so right. like so you back up to a dvd that would be a different format right Right. So um, in our case, in the case of, uh, you know, Backblaze, that's a different format. It's a different format because it's online, you know, and they have, they themselves, the hard drive. they themselves have data centers. Mm-hmm. Usually everything is at least in triplicate mm-hmm. um, on, Cause on they also any, any cloud well. storage is going to have things probably in at least three different places. Right. Um, so so they, for, they for text-based them. things, do we? I mean, how important is printing things out and having paper copies then? Um, I, I think probably for your critical documents, um, it's probably useful to have. Mm-hmm. Um, for things like certainly legal documents, wills, um, directives, um, those things should be exist in probably a right. physical physical form. But like for for working projects, having having the two formats. Is uh, you don't need unless you have want them for archival. That an ar- archive is something different. So we're right. just talking about working backups. Okay. You know? Okay. Right. Oh, that's useful to distinguish an archive from a backup. Yeah. Okay. An archive usually has a, has a different purpose and it's much longer term and it never changes. So that's right. so oh, that's sure. different. Okay. So backups usually are for data that's changing. Usually, my 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 brother is actually works in 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 data architecture and um, he uh, they're working time frame for working data is like 90 days right okay. that's what that's the cycle they work on okay um beyond that you're getting into archival territory and they do archi- archive data for legal purposes mm-hmm. um and that is usually actually still done on tape right anyway that would be a different format okay and now number one number one is um uh one of those backups should be off-site uh like your office. Yeah, so my office would be offsite or like a different part, of, even a different part of the world. Some people talk, Michael Bazell, you know, my uh, the, the privacy and security guy, he, he has his very critical data, like his password database. Mm-hmm. He even tells this story of he, he puts it on a, a micro SD card that he hides in the basement of friends' houses. And they don't know. <laughs> and they don't, he puts it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll like open up the 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 um, power outlet plate in like a bathroom and like put it in there. Um, <laughs> that's totally, uh, totally um, uh, cloak and dagger sort of stuff. Uh, but the, the point being is that it's offsite, and even they don't even they don't even know it's there. But that's that's, that's something like a micro SD card can right now hold up to like a terabyte of data. Um, it's uh, not. The, it's really not good for long-term storage. The only right. the, the charge only lasts for a few years. But in any case, that's offsite in the in that case. And so, if there's a disaster somewhere, mm. um, he can he can call his friend and say, you know, send this to me. And, right. the, and then he has. So, a, does it need to be far enough away from you so that, like, if there's a tornado, it's not going to hit the the place you're storing? Yeah. So, it? I would say, like, if you in your house, probably like your shed is not far enough away. Right. So right. I would say if, if you work, like having one at your office would be like far enough if away. If your office is Or like at a, a friend's house or a relative's house. Okay. And something that's not it's not in the same neighborhood. Let's just say that. So we haven't done that at all, have we? Yeah, no, the cloud backup functions that way. It's not on site. Oh, oh okay. So that's okay. so for most people, the easiest thing to do is to, like if you have an Apple 
with a Mac, you know, do a time machine and then have a cloud backup service such as Backblaze or something. Similar. Okay, and that counts as offsite. That is offsite. So three, two, one. Those those items can be overlapping. They don't need to be distinct. Right. Or and you could also do something like um, have two time machine backups and have one of them at your office and one of them at home and like every week trade them out. Like you bring back the new one, the old one, and like you have you have number letter A and letter B, your number one, number two, and it does. You could, there's different strategies you can do to have things on. That's already that too would, complicated, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we know what we need to do to to. Uh, well, I don't think everybody. we we need to start need to definitely need to talk through it because. Okay. And it's not just. By the way, uh, Zara has spoken of her data being here and there. Mine is uh, much worse and more complicated. Because you sign up for everything. Because I sign up and for everything. And you save everything. And I save everything. So <laughs> I, I've got real, I've got problems that we need to, <laughs> to, to seek some kind of a common solution for. All right. Well, uh, if we ever solve this, we'll come back and talk through what we ended up doing and also how we wrangled your data as a result. All right.